It is time to talk AFC North football, specifically the Cleveland Browns. And that means we welcome in Fred Greetham from 247 Sports and also the OBR. Fred, good to talk to you again. Hey, Greg. Good to be with you. Football season. Oh, yeah. No more draft talk and free agency talk and, I don't know, trade talk. It's football game talk after the Browns had a very successful opening win against yep. Cincinnati. And um, so I have to, you know, let's, let's, let's talk about that because this is the thing that I find interesting. And I really do believe you see everybody nowadays has this, has these Monday overreaction weekend, overreaction Sunday reports. And I think that's really smart of people to have those because that's exactly what happens is they overreact too much to wins, especially early in the season. And I think the reason they do that early in the season is because of matchups. You just and Browns have had a good matchup with Cincinnati and Joe Burrow. Yeah. Throw in the the weather conditions, which you could tell Joe Burrow just did. I, I mean, I've never seen him respond that badly in in weather. Now maybe that's I'm not a Bengal fan. Maybe it's a thing. But um, what did you take out of the game, knowing that well, maybe it was a good matchup for us in the weather, but. Or was it, you know what, I thought the Browns actually, uh, there's something about this team that uh, you were impressed with more than you thought you were going to see. Well, yeah, it, you know, that was the worst game of Burrow's career statistically. Didn't throw for 100 yards. Um, we talked about it a little. I think the last time we were on was after the draft. But I told you, and I've been saying on national shows, and, it, and I've been writing it on the OBR, is that the biggest move they made in the offseason, besides getting a lot of good players, is getting Jim Schwartz's defensive coordinator. From the first play, Zadarius Smith was in Burroughs' face, and he had no time to throw the whole game. I know the ball slipped a couple of times. His longest completion was for 12 yards. Yeah. And that's that's like... Well, I don't want to name names, but that's that's a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL have stat lines like that. And I've heard a lot of excuses for Joe Burrow because of the injury, because of the wet conditions. And then those same people were complaining to me about how poorly Deshaun Watson played in his first game. Well, the Browns won 24 to three and that defense set the tone. And I said it before, they do not. You know, John Watson, I expect him to be good this year, but he does not have to be elite for the Browns to get to the playoffs. He just needs to be, you know, not lose games yeah. for him. Let's not forget Baker Mayfield took him to 11-5 and five record, you know, three years ago. And if you look statistically at Deshaun Watson's career, his first year he tore his, a, you know, his ACL. But the other three years, his worst year was 26 touchdown passes. That is uh, Baker Mayfield's best year, and that was under Kevin Stefanski in 2020. So if he just played you know, what would be an average year for Watson, I think they can do well. For the Browns to go to where they want to go, he, he is going to have to get to an elite level, and I think that's – you know, there's time to do that. But you have Nick Chubb, you have a running game that went for over 200 yards, and you have, you know, a defense that 
could be top 10 when it's all said and done. They just need to shave some points and play better than they have in the past. Yeah, because and you hit it on the head with Zadarius with Zedarius Smith that acquisition because that was the that was the one thing that they had to do was get somebody opposite Miles Garrett uh, to complete the defense or at least complete it as much as they can. And um, now, how long term is that? Who knows? But it doesn't have to be very long term, especially let's just say if they're going to have a championship season, which is entirely possible, uh, then one year is, is 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 fine. We'll talk about next year in the off season. What else did you like about any of the newcomers, any of the free agents or any well, of the I'll just rookies? say one thing. Yeah, I'll just say one more thing about the pass rush. Everybody was pretty excited in Cleveland when they got Oboe Okoronkwo from the Texans. was like a three-year, kind of a big yes. free agent signing. And up and coming last year, I think he ended the season as like one of the top 10 pass rushers in the NFL as an ascending guy. And now nobody even talks about him, and he's the third guy. There you go. And he had the first sack. He was he he dropped Burrow, you know, in the first second series, and they Jim Schwartz is using all three of them in pass rush situations. I don't know if you saw any of the game. They had Miles Garrett over the center. He went right right through like like hot knife through butter, you know, a couple times, and. They didn't know where he was going to be. But as far as the defensive line, it's the cornerbacks with Ward, Emerson. He has really come on in his second year. If you know, our lads had him rated pretty highly, but nobody else did last year. And the Browns took him in the third round when he was projected a lower. Yep. And he's really, he's actually probably become at least the second best corner on the team. He he really was all over, you know, T Higgins. T Higgins had eight targets and didn't have a catch. And um, Denzel Ward held Chase Ward to like 39 yards. And, um, you know, Tyler Boyd had, I think, two catches for 10 yards. So it was kind of poor all the way around, you know, for the Bengals receiving group. And I I think the cornerbacks, Mike Tomlin of the Steelers actually said he thought the story of the game was the cornerbacks for the Browns. And so the, the edge rushers get a lot of the credit they had 10 quarterback hits or hurries on Burrow, but the corners really were like, you know, all over the receivers for the Bengals. There's no room for them to throw it. So, and Grant Delpit, you know, everybody's been waiting for him to emerge. He had, he led the team in tackles and they were without Juan Thornhill, who was probably the biggest, you know, signing on defense in the secondary um, to bring him in from the Chiefs, and he didn't play because of a calf injury. So, for Delpit, McLeod, and that entire secondary, I really just think the defense is hard to find fault with. So, speaking of injuries, you mentioned Thornton Hill did not play. Uh, any other injury concerns heading into the game against Pittsburgh? Well, I think Thornhill play. I mean, he was right up a game time decision, so now he has you know over a week to get better. Um, Jack Conklin, you know, hard luck, right tackle, Pro Bowl, you know, is out for the season with he, he tore not only his ACL but his MCL. And they they signed him to an extension at the end of last year. And it was a little curious because they drafted James Hudson. And you thought, you know, why would you pay big money again to Conklin when you have a guy like him that you drafted to take his place? But they signed him to an extension. 
a year out from his injury, he was actually having a good training camp, so it's tough for him. But the unwritten story is Dewan Jones. They drafted him from Ohio State, and he had a stellar training camp in yep. preseason. I mean, I don't know if he gave up a sack. I know he was going against some lesser guys, but he entered the game against Trey Hendrickson in uh, like 12 minutes to go in the second quarter, early in the game, and he had him. And he, he was nearly flawless. And so if you can get a 6'8", 374-pound <laughs> guy that you got in the fourth round because he fell some, yep. if you have him playing and he can do the job, boy, you got quite a fine there, the answer. Um, and he's going <laughs> to – baptism by fire, he's going to start against T.J. Watt. Oh, yeah. He had three sacks the other night. But James Hudson – played the last couple times the Browns had played the Steelers and Hudson had really been toasted by Watt. So it'll be interesting, you know, to see if DeWan Jones, how he fares, it'd be kind of, you know, obviously a big matchup, but it'd be interesting because the kid has played at a big time level and he seemed on Don at going against Trey Hendrickson the other day and, and played pretty well. So that's the injury front. I think everybody else will be ready to go. Okay. Um, and now what about the rookies? You mentioned uh, Jones. Any of the rookies got in uh, any action or anybody that you maybe expect to play a little bit more this week? Yeah, I think they had a lot of them that were, you know, inactive, like four of them. I think they have 10 rookies on the team. Okay. Mohamed Diabete, you know, undrafted from Utah, played on special teams and actually played pretty well. And so did Ronnie Hickman undrafted from Ohio state. Some of the draft choices other than Dewan Jones didn't really play. Luke Whipler was inactive. Cedric Tillman had a little action, but he didn't, I don't think he had any targets, but I expect them to work them in. Tillman might take over the role of David Bell, you know, and, and move in there, but that's still, you know, probably the fifth receiver. Uh, Dorian Thompson, Robinson, of course, didn't play, but I think he was the MVP of training camp, yep. just ahead of uh, Dewan Jones. But I think that, you know, he's got a bright future, and, and they had a lot of, for, for what they have at stake this year to trade Josh Dobbs and go into the season with him one snap away from being in the game says a lot. Yep. Um, so, the rookies really didn't make a big impact in the first game. And the good thing for the Browns is this is one of the first times they've been in a position where, where they don't eat those guys at the, at the claims after the final cuts, they only claimed one guy and he's a, he was an undrafted rookie cornerback from the chiefs. And, and so in the past, they've been claiming guys that they were planning on starting on Sunday, you know, that <laughs> picking up cast offs yeah. now, you know, they are so deep, you know, in a lot of their positions that they don't need these guys. And that's really what they want to do is develop them. I mean, Siaki, he got third round pick defensive tackle, Isaiah McGuire, a fourth round pick edge rusher. They were inactive. And that's a good sign that you didn't really need them, you know, right off the bat because you can develop them, bring them along. So, yeah, the the rookies, you know, probably it's ironic the two undrafted guys outside of Dewan Jones. Obviously, 
that's an integral part in the starting you know, lineup at right tackle, but he wasn't going to play until Conklin went down. So it was good to see, you know, some of the, you know, on the special teams, Ronnie Hickman and Diabete even played a little from scrimmage as well. All right. Now the matchup this week, uh, you got another rivalry game going on. That's the way the schedule uh, worked out. Uh, before the bye uh, in early October, three, facing all three division opponents. This is going to be the lone one on the road during the stretch. And Pittsburgh coming off an embarrassing loss to a very good San Francisco team. I think a lot of people were surprised about how that game unfolded. Uh, it got out of hand really quick after the preseason that Pittsburgh had. Uh, they were, uh, uh, again, everybody talks about Tomlin. That would, you know, he's a really good coach, never under 500, not even last year with a rookie quarterback and playing Trubisky. So there was a lot of excitement and then boom, just smacked in the face, maybe to reality, who knows, or again, maybe just a bad matchup. So now Pittsburgh takes on Cleveland. Uh, I think Pittsburgh's won three out of the last four. So how has this rivalry been over the last few years, or at least until this Organ, at least until this foundation and coaching staff has been around, how, how have they fared with the Steelers? Well, there really hasn't been much of a rivalry. It's been one-sided almost completely, you know, Pittsburgh's way. Um, in fact, the Browns usually go over to Pittsburgh and find a way to lose. Last year, late in the season, you know, Deshaun Watson really had a, a, a struggling game, you know, to close out the season or – I think it was the last game. Yep. And, um, I mean, other than that playoff game where they went over there and it just – the game was over before it got started. I think the Browns, you know, jumped ahead like 28 to nothing, you know, from the first play on. It's been a horror chamber for the Browns. Kind of like how it's been for the Bengals, you know, against yep. the Browns yep. under Joe Burrow and Zach Taylor. I mean, the Browns are 5-1 and one against Joe Burrow and – you know, I think six and one against Zach Taylor because Burrow didn't play that one game. But as far as I don't know exactly the numbers, I think the biggest differences this year is I actually with the opener felt pretty good with the Browns winning. I didn't expect it to be that decisive, but this game meant more to the Browns than the Bengals. The Bengals seem to have had this attitude that we don't start that fast, but we turn it on when we need to. And that's kind of what I felt. The Browns feel like they really need to get off to a good start because three division games in the first four, and nobody is – well, now they have, but in that first game, nobody has seen, you know, the Browns' defense and how he's going to use them, yep. you know, Jim Schwartz. And that's so right. now you can see that. But over there in Pittsburgh, I felt that would be the tougher game. Right now, I'm kind of thinking – you know, after seeing the defense, it even surprised, even exceeded my expectations. I had watched this team from day one. They went to Greenbrier in West Virginia for training camp. And from the first day, that defense has been flying all over the field. And it carried over in the preseason, even though he didn't use the frontline players. They had second, third team guys sacking the quarterback causing turnovers just all over the place. And I expected that to carry over, and it did. And I do think the defense can travel. And I think they're going to give Kenny Pickett fits over there, you know, as far as he's going to he's gonna be sending Miles Garrett, Zadarius Smith, 
you know, Okoronkwo, as well as those guys up the middle, really did a good job clamping down on Joe Mixon and Dalvin Tomlinson and Shelby Harris, so they couldn't run the ball, and Joe Burrow couldn't, didn't have time, you know, for play to develop, and, you know, when you hear Cam Hayward's out, I know they struggled when T.J. Watt went out last year, and I would have to think Cam Hayward means about as much to that defense as T.J. Watt does. I don't know. But if he's out along with then you have Deontay Johnson kind of takes away one of your weapons on. I think the defense, though, is going to give Kenny Pickett fits. And I think the Browns will score enough points. So I think they'll be able to go over there and be able to get to a 2-0 and start, which would be immense for them because, you know, when you play six games in the AFC North, you know, if you can get to four wins – Usually the team with four wins in the division can win the division. That's your quickest way to ensure yourself getting into the playoffs is winning the AFC North. So if you could, if you can get out to a two and zero start, now you put yourself in position, you know, to, to make a run at the division, even though it's only two games in. Yeah. And uh, that's really smart way of looking at it because, especially going into the bye to try to take advantage of those division games first and foremost. And um, I think a lot of people lose sight of it because they think, Oh, there's seven teams make the playoffs and you can get in as a wild card. It's just statistically not the, the, the road to a long playoff uh, success. It it just isn't Uh, especially when you have aspirations like the Browns do. Uh, Yeah, sure. They haven't made the postseason in the last couple of years, but uh, this is more like looking like at least the team that we saw during that playoff run in Pittsburgh, winning that playoff game, losing to Kansas city, but giving them a tough game. This looks like that team again, maybe even better because like you talked about now, the defense looks even they're older. They're, they look stronger. Uh, they have a different approach of course. Um, and a quarterback now with uh, a lot more experience than they had at that time. So I know it's only one game. Again, we don't want to get over overboard on it, but uh, this is why when we were doing some shows on this channel regarding making predictions and going over every division, this was a division that we talked about that was like an underrated, tough division. Does, any of these teams could, could win the division, and it would not be a surprise. Any team can finish in fourth, and it wouldn't be a surprise. So that's why it's really important to get off to a good start in the division games. Yeah, it you know, I agree with you. I think it is, you know, right there, if not the toughest division, it, it never seems to shake out what, what you think it's going to be. Yeah. But I know across the radar uh, nationally, the Browns were really under the radar. Yes. I mean, I saw a prominent ranking before week one had them 22nd out of 32 teams. <laughs> I've seen bad Browns teams that were, you know, at least 22nd. 30, 22 out of 32. And, you know, and I, I get that there's a dislike nationally for Deshaun Watson. And there also is this, the Browns is the Browns kind of what, you know, Jamar Chase was talking last year. They just, they didn't watch or look at these moves under the microscope. Like maybe I do that watch it every day. Zadarius Smith is a big time player. Dalvin yes. Thomas and Shelby Harris are big time defensive tackles. Yes. And Okoronkwo is, you know, 
is pretty strong. Under the radar moves they made after the draft, Zadarius Smith, Shelby Harris, and Rodney McLeod. I think Pro Football Focus had him as the seventh best safety last year. They 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 brought him in, and so just on defense, you know, it's I I really think that you haven't seen you know, the best. And like I said, they don't have to be the best defense in the NFL. Last year's defense gave up over 22, 23 points a game. If they could just shave it down to about 20, I think the offense will be able to score enough points to win a lot of those games they lost late last year under Joe Woods. They went into a prevent many times and weren't attacking and teams came back and beat them. I don't think Jim Schwartz is going to let up. I think he's going to be attacking and aggressive. The biggest things the Browns have is, like any team, health to their key players. But they do have some depth that they haven't had in the past. And so I just think under the radar, they have flown. And the, the more time goes by, the better for them. Because, you know, I, I really think you talk about I've been doing this over 30 years and, and I'm pretty objective as far as sure. watching this. And this is the best roster I've ever covered. I mean, um, yes. Top and the quarterback is and I cover Brian Sipe and Bernie Kozar. Those are probably the best two quarterbacks the Browns had. Sean Watson is more athletic, can throw. When he's on, I mean, I'm I'm relying on his 20, 20 and before. Sure, sure. But I saw that at Greenbrier and in the preseason. I think he's going to be fine. And he adds that mobility to it, even when he's not on throwing that the other day. That was the difference in the game offensively as he ran for touchdown and 45 yards. So I just think the sky's the limit for this team. I don't know if it'll transfer totally from paper to the field. It did in the first week. Now they just have to, to keep that going. But nationally, you know, I think eventually it'll wake up that the oh, Browns yeah. are pretty formidable. But I wouldn't be surprised to see them start, you know, 2-0 and with a win over in Pittsburgh after having so much trouble over there. Yeah. Are you surprised that they're a two point favorite right now, uh, considering all the trouble they've had on the road historically at Pittsburgh? Or is that about what you thought it would be? I think it's out the window. I mean, the, like you said, they brought in, they saw a need on defense. And I think Jim Schwartz said, I need some veteran guys. Zadarius Smith, Shelby Harris, Dalvin Tomlinson, Okoronkwo, Rodney McLeod. These guys have brought a different, they like, we don't know what you're talking about. But yeah, Juan Thornhill, you right. won a Super Bowl twice with the Chiefs. I think these guys are like, you know, I don't care what happened in the past. We've right. been there, done that. And I'm just saying, I look at the matchup. I don't know. I know the Steelers have a great defense, but I think the Browns defense will overwhelm more so Pickett than they will, than I even thought they did with Burrow. So if they can just, you know, hold him down from going off, I think they have a, extremely strong chance and Nick Chubb's always run well against the Steelers and now using him out of the backfield like I've been asking him to do for three years <laughs> he's a double threat he was a leading receiver the other day as well as rush for over 100 yards so I mean they're spreading it out and the defense has to pick who they're going to go after 
Yeah, and the other thing too is is that you have to always take this into consideration whether it's new coaches, new schemes, and even though Pittsburgh's got the same coaching staff, if you look at it, the one position on their offense that is really kind of new as far as a group is the offensive line. So these guys, a few free agents they brought in, uh, you know, they, they, a couple of young guys. So that is something that a team like the Browns with the type of pressure that they can throw at you, you would think might be able to take advantage of the Steelers the way the 49ers did. So, um, cause Pittsburgh couldn't run the ball. Uh, you know, Pickett just was in trouble, uh, most of the night. So yeah. And now, like you said, without Johnson, throw that in there. Um, and this might be a perfect time for Cleveland to take advantage of it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's like they have to do it, and now there's a little tape on them. But still, those young guys are going to have to figure out a way. I mean, they brought in Orlando Brown, you know, to to go against Miles Garrett, and still, he he, you know, closed the game out with a fourth down sack. You know, when the game was on the, you know, still somewhat in doubt. Sure. And you're going to have, I've said this, you know, Zadarius Smith and Garrett are two of the only five NFL edge rushers who have double sacks, double digit sacks in the last five years in the NFL. And you got two of them on the same team. Yeah. So if they're going to double team Miles Garrett, I oh, think yeah. Zadarius Smith will eat him alive. Yeah. And oh, oh, well, that Okoronkwo isn't too bad himself. So. Yep. I just think that Jim Schwartz is going to really, he's been around enough to throw things at Pickett that he he might really someday be a good quarterback, but he hasn't seen it all. He doesn't have the experience. And, you know, if you can, you know, the thing that would slow that down would be Najee Harris, but they do have one stoppers now. They held the Bengals, you know, down, you know, 50, 60 yards rushing the other day. So, you know, I think that, I think this is a different Browns defense than what they've seen before. All right, Fred. Great job. I appreciate it as always. Uh, this is uh, ho- well off to a good start. And if the Browns uh, continue uh, to play that kind of football this year, then hopefully we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk a few more times. And, uh, and I look forward to that. Uh, also want to let everybody know in the description area, we're going to have links of where to check out your, uh, your, uh, reports. Do you have anything specific that you're working on or that you worked on for this past weekend that, uh, Browns fans can look forward to? Yeah. If they look to the OBR.com or they go to my Twitter or X, whatever it's called, at Fred Greetham nine, I have I lay out three part series. It's right pinned at the bottom of my profile. It's free on how the Browns can get to the playoffs. The three keys to this year. So it's pretty good read. I think and I laid out some of the things we talked about here. All right, and Fred, are you on? Uh, you do you do a, a, a weekly show, or uh, how does yes, that work? Do. Yeah, if you go to YouTube or Twitch, either of those, Wednesday night live at 7 p.m. on the OBR.com. You know, or you go to our website, theobr.com, just click it and follow you there. But it's on YouTube live as well as Twitch. And if you can't be there Wednesday at 7, you can get them on. Just go to YouTube at the OBR channel. Perfect. The OB, Orange and Blue Report. 
and we're going to put a, a link in the description area for that as well. So if you've uh, watched this video this long, then go ahead and check it out as soon as you're done. Uh, well, because we're done here. So check that out. And uh, Fred, as I said, we look forward to talking to you again, uh, hopefully sometime uh, later on this season. Sounds good, Greg. Thanks for having me. Always good to talk to you.